So I'm interviewing couples who have been together for decades and still passionately in love to help give people hope that real love is still attainable, especially in the modern world. And a lot of people give up because they don't have healthy examples or their situation is so tough or unique. And the couples that I'm interviewing, I'm realizing they went through the tough or unique situations and they actually grew closer together because of it. And this next couple that you're going to hear from in episode two is not an exception to that. They're so amazing, Satyan and Suzanne Raja. Um, they're a beautiful couple. I'm going to let them explain all of their story and, and what they went through and how they were able to build such a unique and powerful relationship and bond between each other. And um, there's definitely lots of uniqueness to it, I feel, especially towards the end, we get into some interesting things. So stay for the end, break out some notes, take some notes on this one. It's really good. And I just want to say thank you for subscribing. Thank you for listening to the podcast, listening to this episode. If you know of a couple who's been together for decades, they're still passionately in love, please reach out to them if they're open for uh, being interviewed and just having a conversation to share their wisdom, to share their story and reach out to me. And I would love to interview them. But this is episode two for Real Love Stories with Satyan and Suzanne Raja. When did you guys meet? How long have you been together? We've been together 33 years now. Mm. We met in high school as friends. And then soon after high school, we became closer and she became my girlfriend. And it's been that way for 33 years now. <laughs> so easy as that, right? <laughs> I wouldn't say easy. That was the, that was that was the masculine right short condensed form. Let's hear, let's hear in reality now what's going on. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you the goods. All right, yeah. give you, I'll give you the real stuff. <laughs> so I'll give you the down and dirty. So we met in high school. We were seventeen, and um, I saw this guy in in my homeroom class and I was like who is that one who's he and it was the first time I had uh, I'd started a new school so he was the really one of the first people I'd, I'd seen in the school uh-huh. and it was a new school and I saw him and I was and I had some friends that I knew were going to the school and that had been there and I was like who is this because there's something about him and they said, well, you know, he's taken, he's dating someone. And later on, I figured out, I think they wanted him. Because- <laughs> <laughs> and, but, you know, I took a detour. I was like, okay, fine. So he's dating somebody who's off the market. That's fine. But he, there's something about him. I really just want to be his friend. So we ended up um, meeting and and connecting as friends and we became really good friends throughout high school. So we didn't date, we were dating other people and um, we, yeah, we were, we were actually our very first coaches for each other. She would coach me with stuff regarding, you know, my dates mm-hmm. and vice versa. I would coach her regarding <laughs> stuff on her dates. <laughs> and that was very interesting because we had a friendship, but it wasn't a sexual passion for us, for each other, because right. we had our respective relationships. Yeah. It was after that broke apart, and after high school, we reconnected, and then the lights went off for us. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, we were always friends. We were friends, and we looked out for each other and all of that. And so after high school, we, um, like Satyan said, our relationships that we had at the time were just, they were dissolving, and... Um, so we, we, we met again and there was a different kind of meeting the second time. It was a meeting of, hey, there's something deeper. There's something that's somehow starting to happen between us. And so then we started dating and eight years later, and I say that with a like, <laughs> eight years later, we got married because I knew I wanted to be with this guy forever. And we had two, di- you know, two different um, uh, backgrounds. So his, his Satyan comes from an Indian background. I come from a Jamaican Western Satyan's Indian Eastern. So the East and West coming together 
did not come together at first at all. So our, our relationship was like a Bollywood movie kind of thing. You know, it's like, oh, will they meet? Will they meet? No, crash. Oh, no, come back together. Parents, you know. Many different, oh, many different challenges. challenges. Different religion, different uh, background, different uh, food, different religious uh, upbringings. So many different, you know, conflicts. And so we had to find culture. Culture. What, what, what? You know, in her culture, the men, re- in her family, the men really take care of the women. In my culture, the women take care of the men. So that alone was conflicting. <laughs> and so how did you guys overcome that stuff? Like, as it was com- coming up, was there kind of like a theme? Because I know there was a lot of things you've mentioned. Uh, was, was there like a theme of how you were able to, like, make it work through those times? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, although we came from such different backgrounds, we had similar values. Satyan and I um, really knew that we wanted to create something that was, that was brand new, something that we took the good, because there's a lot of good that came from our, um, our parents, our, our family background. There's a lot of good from that. So we wanted to have that, but we also wanted to recreate how we wanted to see our relationship go forward. So what we did was we actually hired a coach um, a very early yeah. on, very early on. Before we got married. Before, like how early on? Like four years into the relationship. Oh, wow. Yeah. We decided it's time to create something around communication, around, you know, how we wanted to create this relationship, separate and apart from what we were used to. Right. So um, it was a lot of communication. It was a lot of, okay, um, what, what do we really want? What is important? And what was important for us is deep, uh, is growing, growing together, you know, making sure that whatever it is that we're doing, we're growing, we're not stagnating. And it's not just, we're not doing things because society says we we're supposed to be a certain way. So I'm not going to be overpowering Satyan because in my world, that's not necessarily overpowering, but sometimes just, you know, the woman is very strong and I have a lot of strength inside of me and that is good. And that's the thing that, that helped me to be who I am, but to overpower him, that wasn't going to work in this relationship. So we, we, and vice versa. And vice versa. Absolutely. So he learned that as well. And just, just what in, in our modern way where we're coming from now, what is it that, um, that works for us? So we, we figured that out over time and we kept coming back together over and over and over again, because that is what we knew. We knew that's what we wanted. Mm-hmm. What was the, the biggest kind of hurdle or disagreements and I mean I know you mentioned cultural things and stuff but what was kind of like one of the bigger ones that was it that was the biggest one the cultural differences um the religious differences but most importantly it was pragmatically down to earth is you know who cooks when how who cook what you know food food was food food is still a big one right it it, it continues (laughs) I mean it doesn't end but you use what you learn along the way to right. support you in that. But yeah, food, definitely. You know, I think, you know, you were asking us, how did we make it through this? What was the, some underlying principle? Well, what I can share the essence that's kept us going for 33 years is devotion to each other's fullness, devotion to each other's evolution, mm-hmm. devotion. Suzanne is from day one, you know, I was very much involved in Kung Fu and esoteric practices and spiritual life back then, which most people my age were nowhere even into that, anything like that. She's recognized that she wasn't in the same way, but she recognized that that was my passion, that that was of interest to me, that growth and spiritual awakening was the primary reason I was even alive and going for life at all. And I couldn't find really anyone who had that devotion to that until I met Suzanne. When Suzanne saw that I have this devotion that 
It wasn't she trying to get me off that path so I could be closer to her. My previous girlfriend left me because I spent way too much time in my Kung Fu school, way too much time doing the things that were soul in the line for me. She was feeling that I care more about that than her. And it wasn't a fight. But with Suzanne, she recognized right away that I have this deep devotion to spirit and to awakening consciousness. And rather than fight with it, she says, how can I support that? How can I serve your awakening? How can I be of service to you, your mission, your purpose, what you're here to do in the world? That changed everything for me. It made me go, wow, I've got a woman who not only cares about me as a guy, but cares about me as a soul, as me as a, as, as a person who's contributing to this planet. Her love for that part of me is deeper than her part of her love for me as a temporal human character. And that I feel is the essence of, of, um, of why we've really strong, you know, stood strong throughout all these years. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Like wanting the best for each other and not trying to change, which I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with, with that, everything that happened in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And for, and Mm -hmm. for you, how, how, you know, what, what served me with Satyan was, you know, when I was, when I was young and, and growing up and all of this, like it was, it, without, without sounding cocky, it was easy for me to meet guys and it was easy for me to date guys. And, you know, I wanted depth. I wanted depth. I wanted someone who saw me, saw me for who I am, saw me for the gifts that I have. And he has a capacity to see um, beyond just what is external, but go inside and actually be excited and pull out and, and um, encourage me to be the best that I can be. So for example, um, he would, he would say, okay, um, what I want you to do right now is I want you to go out and get on stage and I want you to give a talk. And this is what I want you to do. And I would do that scared with a lot of resistance. Okay. (laughs) Scared the pants off of me, but he would, he would see me, you know, and, and, and to this day continues to do that to just sort of force the envelope, the, the part of me that would be slightly resistant, but know that he sees me and know that he wants me to be the brightest that I can be. And there's very few that can do that. And he, you know, you've really supported that in me, really seeing deeper than just what you see. You know, you mentioned something about, you know, you're not trying to change each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a very simple model in, in, in relationship. We Three stages. First stage is when we're me egocentric. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my needs met. She's trying to get her needs met. The old school type of relationship where male dominance, female submissiveness, all of that. And the second stage is where we balance out our energies, masculine, feminine, become more balanced, becomes more of a whole uh, independent relationship. She's independent. I'm independent. We love each other, but we're not in the first stage of codependency. Our emotions are trying to suck life force out of each other to feel whole. So the third stage is where you're devoted to each other's deepest evolution. So in the second stage, first stage, you try to change a person to get your needs met or your wants met, your desires met. Do this because I want that. In the second stage, no, do what you want. I'll do what I want. We'll love each other. We'll intersect where we need to. More healthy, balanced, but after a while, the passion dies. In the third stage, yes, you're not trying to change each other, but you're aiming to evoke each other's fullness of being. So it's not change because you have to change. It's Goddess, my beloved, you've got such great gifts to give the world. How can I support that? So in a way, it is pushing the envelope, eliciting, drawing out the best. So it's a form of change, but not for gain. Right. It's the intention behind it. Exactly. It's to lift her up. It's to lift each other up. Right. How does somebody shift into that? Because I know that there's a lot of people out there that want that or want somebody to lift them up and maybe they're not in the they haven't had the awareness yet they're not in the space of like being able to do that for other people when they're not getting their needs met yeah yeah i I see this a lot you know people come to me and they're saying like 
well, I'm not getting my needs met. We're trying everything and they're trying things as in like effective communication, uh, but not that. Do you think that that's like a, just a pivot, like a leap of faith type of thing that happens? Like, what do you, what do you so, think is the shift there? So I really believe that if you're not getting your needs met, you've got to get your needs met. So you've got to take self-responsibility and you've got to take self-care and be truthful and honest. What are the things that really that I need so that I can feel good about me? Because this is not, um, don't put this on your partner. Don't put you feeling good about yourself or you getting your needs met on your partner, on anyone. Because when you do that, then it becomes a dependency. It becomes a sucking of each other's energy and life force and the relationship. So first and foremost, become aware of yourself and make time for your own self-care, your own self-practice, first and foremost. And then from that place, think of it like this. This is, this is how I love to um, think of it. Think of it like, imagine tango dancers, you know, they're, they look very passionate with each other. They, and, but if you ever see tango dancers, they don't, they're not speaking to each other going, okay, move here, move there, do this, do that. There is a sense of, and how they stand is actually like a A-frame. You know, they're not standing straight up, like they're not uh, making contact and they're not backing up from each other. They're not stepping away. They're actually leaning in to each other, but not leaning that if one was to move, the other one's going to fall over. You know, that's where you take that self-responsibility. You're leaning in from your power. Each one of you is leaning in from your power. And from that place, you then feel Feel the other 100%. You are 100% responsible for feeling the other so that the dance, the relationship, sets sails. Mm -hmm. You are 100% responsible for that. And if each of you can take that on, then that's when it's a great time. That's when it's smooth sailing in relationship. I love that analogy. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's you're consciously leaning beautifully into each other, right? You know, talking about needs, you know, there's masculine needs and feminine needs within us all. Masculine needs are more oriented towards the attainment of freedom and the experience of greater depths and vistas of freedom. Feminine needs are more about fulfilling the flow and the richness of love, having our hearts filled and be able to share the fullness of our hearts. So, for example, first stage relationships, many couples are trying to get their needs met by their partner. So I've got masculine needs like freedom, uh, challenge. I don't ask Suzanne to do that. I go off with my brothers and I'll do brother stuff. I'll go meet with other good men. I'll do brother stuff. I'll do martial arts. I'll train with my martial arts school. I'll, I'll, I'll go in nature by myself. I'll do things that nourish my masculine essence of freedom and consciousness. And for me, um, the feminine, the feminine in, in all of us is the, the value is of the flow of love, being able to feel love also be feel like you you're giving love. So the flow of giving and receiving love. Now, that giving and receiving of love does not have to start and stop with your partner. In fact, it starts and stops with you. This is where it arises from. This is where it continues. It's like a constant fountain. When you are not feeling love, what is happening is that your fountain is, there's something squeezed off. There's some tightening that you're doing around that because this is a natural occurrence so what do i do when i'm not feeling the flow of love the first and foremost thing gotta remember my breath because constricting something once i start to breathe then something starts to open in me for um feminine beings those that are more interested in the flow of love Taking time to be with other individuals who are also um, 
in their feminine flow, wanting that is so necessary and so needed. You do that and you're, and you're replenished. It's a replenishment and you feel that and you start to get juicy again. And, and also receiving praise for who you are at your depth, your physical beauty, your inner beauty, all, all who you are as a being, that is the replenishment. Praise and community. That is where I go when I feel when I feel like I am not feeling that love. Because it's nothing he's doing. He's a constant, he he's constant in that. He is, if you think of your partner as you chose them, you chose that one. So until it's time, if it ever is to bow out, which for us, it, it, there is no bow out. You give everything. You give everything and you see them as you knew them in the very first time. And um, Kevin, you were, at, you were saying, how do we show um, your audience about the fairy tale or the Disneyland or, or the fairy tale is true. You just got to work it. Mm. Just work it. I'm going to summarize a lot of what you shared in this sentence is don't make your guy, your, your, your girlfriend. Don't try to make him your girlfriend. Get and your don't make your, don't make your girl, your, your, your partner. Yeah. Your, 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 um, don't try to make him your boyfriend <laughs> or your chum. Your soldier. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah. Don't make, don't make her your soldier. She's not there to be challenged. She's not there to be, you know, challenged. And that's sometimes what happens out of, out of care. You know, you have to understand that, that, that what we do when we stumble is not that we're trying to hurt another. It's just that we've forgotten to take a hundred percent responsibility for where we're at. I love that. Like you, like you mentioned, like having your girlfriends or your guy friends to go to as well and not placing it all on your partner and yeah. make them into one of those. That's, that's huge. It's really healthy to do that. There's certain talks and topics. It's better that I take up with my brothers and vice versa. Absolutely. And when I want to cry and I want to, I want to talk about how I'm feeling the story of it and the long, all of that. I mean, he will listen and he's great about that. But after a while, what happens is we become what we call depolarized. You go into neutrality if you listen to that too much. You lose the spark of passion and you become buddies. You lose the lover energy and it becomes just friends or brother-sister energy, which is great if that's what you want. But if you want passion to last a lifetime, there's three things that are happening in a relationship. Number one, you're, you're repelling each other. Number two, you're neutralizing each other. And number three, you're attracting each other. So that's the art of polarity. And we can talk about that. Yeah, go, yeah, go on. Well, the question should always be in any, in any relating, what are we doing here? I mean, what is the intention? Is the intention to, to attract, repel, or neutralize? And if it's to attract, um, it is me telling you all about my day as valuable as it is, as good as I feel about myself, or you telling me all about your day as valuable as you feel it to be? Is that causing repelling energy? Do I do I just want to run in the other direction? Or is it causing me to want or, or to neutrality? Or neutrality like, hey, where nice, there's right, actually right. nothing going on. We're just okay, let's talk forever about stuff. Or do I really feel like making love in this moment out of this? So when you ask yourself that question, you start to get the answer. Oh, well, well maybe I should take this to my girlfriends. Mm. Maybe you should take that with your guy friends. Mm. And then when we come back, though, that's the thing. Once we've spent time in each camp and we come back, the... Um, Depolarization. Repulsion happens when there's two masculine energies. If you take two, you take a North Pole and a North Pole of two magnets and you try to push them together, they'll repel. If she's being in her masculine and I'm being in her masculine 
And I go, hey, honey, let's go for Italian. She goes, no, no, let's go for Chinese. No, no, let's go for Indian. Let's, no, 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 let's go for Mexican. Both are trying to assert direction, which causes repulsion. It lowers the sexual attraction for each other, and you get in a tension and strife. Now, the opposite can happen. Two feminines, okay? You take it around, you go two feminines, right? Hey, honey, what do you want to do for dinner? I don't know. What do you feel like? I don't know. We did, we did uh, Italian last week. I don't I know. Love what do you the food. Feel like? I Right? <laughs> so that is the neutralization energy where at the end, no one feels fulfilled. There's no passion. And it's sort of like a sort of a flat conversation. It's more evolved than two heads budding, but it's flat. Now, the third stage conversation in relationship is, hey, babe, um, Saturday, two o'clock, <laughs> wear something sexy, wear something warm, bring something warm. And we're going to have a great day today. That's all I'm telling you. I love that. So it's just really giving direction so she can surrender to that direction. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't have to be me. It could be her. Someday she'll, she'll take... She'll, so it's not a man-woman thing. It's masculine-feminine. Anyone can do this. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. And we're talking, obviously, hetero-based because we're a hetero couple. But it could be any type of configuration. It doesn't matter. Sometimes she'll surprise me and I go in my full feminine surrender and she'll command me sexually, energetically. And not all the time, but I love that as well, being taken. So it's the playing of ravisher and ravishy with artfulness, with joy, with, with magic, with playfulness, with artistry. And there's no arrival. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to get across, the, the big thing, you mentioned it earlier. So you're... Depolarizing, you're repelling each other if you're both in your masculines. You're neutralizing if you're both in your feminines, going nowhere. When you consciously take on one or the other role, so if I'm in my masculine, she will rescind her masculine and enter the feminine, vice versa. So we play the game consciously. Now, the game only works at a big level if you have no back door. So here's the secret to the 33 years. Because the game I shared, we anyone can play with at any stage in relationship. Mm-hmm. But psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, we have a back door for many of us. Especially those, our masculine side wants freedom. I'd rather, I want freedom to have whatever. So I feel locked in in relationship or more commitment. When the masculine within us gets that, if you've got the right person and you know you're evolving together towards spirit, God, truth, oneness service for the big picture then hold on to that person and make a commitment we made a commitment we have no back door so in our psychological body i don't have a part that goes uh if this happens then i'll sneak away or i'll i can quit or i can divorce we seal that up plaster it up close it up that way all the energy of evolution stays within the container all the strifes are held in the container of the relationship. And you say, okay, we need to grow through this. Now you do your inner work to use that as a catapult, as a catalyst to grow rather than find some way to go to the, to relive the same dynamic with someone new. Right. And I think so many people do that. What What do you think is the, is the factor playing in when, when you guys chose that, where you said, there's no back door, this is it. Was there something that happened or was it just like a felt sense, like choice? Ah, Kevin, you're getting at the questions. I love it. (laughs) You want some juicy stuff? All right, we'll give you some juicy stuff. (laughs) Well, hell at the time. But so, you know, both of us have had um, what we call distractions. And I think that um, after being together for so long, stuff stuff happens we're alive you know and when we're not being conscious when we're unconscious we get distracted and so um we've had times there have been affairs we've both had affairs in in our time together in our journey and in that um we had to really stop and take note and say you know where are we going what are we doing are we still committed to the no back door 
And it was hard, you know, very difficult, as you can imagine, and having to face things that didn't want to face in each other and ourselves. And still the no back door uh, value that we have and commitment that we have is what kept us grounded and kept us in a place where we had to work it out. Because if you can't leave, if you've decided not to leave the room, then there's only yourself and each other to work it out. There's, there's nowhere to run and go. And we have a commitment that whenever there's any strife or struggle, we come to each other. We don't triangulate. We don't share the shit with other people, other friends and all of that. We, we bring it up with each other and we deal with it with each other. Now, we've got very powerful dynamics and practices that we've cultivated over the years to do this in a very powerful way that works for us. But you asked, how did we get to that point? Well, again, it comes down to that three stages. In the first stage, you're in a relationship to meet unmet needs, which can really ultimately never get fulfilled by anyone. In the second stage, you meet for the traditional values. We love each other. We care about each other. We want a house, kids, dog, blah, 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 all of that. Third stage, you're there because you can evolve each other. They, your partner can support your evolution deeper than you can yourself. In other words, I feel that every relationship, it's a crucible. And it has amounts of evolutionary life force within it. Like a gas tank. When the gas tank is low, you can fill it up. But some gas tanks you can't fill up. So you might be with a person in a business relationship for six months, a year, and the evolution for that is over. You'll know. Some people, see, if you are in a circumstance with your partner or any type of relationship where the evolution is now complete, you've, you've got all you've got out of the relationship evolutionary-wise, it's time to move on or it'll become hell and worse and the universe will start showing and cracking it open for you. Yet, if you're dedicated to each other's, div- like div- not dedicated, devoted to each other's evolution, then it's like, my love, I'm not a whole being until you're fully in the magnificence of your seat in reality. Vice versa. It's a high level of commitment. It's a high level of surrender. But you know what? Ultimately, our souls want nothing less. And anything less is not fulfilling. So either go for the highest or fuck off and stay single and enjoy yourself. But don't muck around in half land. Right. That's huge. So how did you guys work through when y'all both had affairs? Like, what? I mean, you mentioned that it was like, okay, I'm going to bring it up with you. I think that you mentioned that. I just want to maybe assume that that's what shifted. You started going to each other versus whether it was talking about it with friends or seeking it out with somebody else. Um, you like had some tough conversations about this, right? On that. Yes. Yes, we did. And like, um, like we've been saying, you have to soul search also. You have to go inside. No matter what it is that's going on, no matter what comes up and arises, I truly believe that every step of the way, every part of the journey is for our higher evolution, our next level of growth. So, you know, we can speak from a place now where it's where we have grown through it. At the time, it was hell. At the time, it was pain. At the time, it was feelings of lack of self-worth, shame, um, pain, fear, all of the emotions coming up and out and being willing to sit in the fire with each other and be really truthful and honest. And that those are the things that really help to quell the fire, put the fire out is when the truth starts to really come out. Being really vulnerable and willing to sit in that fire and burn in that fire as long as it takes so that your partner feels like, you know what, I can start to open and trust you. I can start to open and feel like this, this human again. But another key point also is, and I found this in myself, is that you 
for us at least, and for me at least, if my partner is distracted with somebody else, we had at the time, you know, this is, we are in a monogamous relationship and we will not see other people. And so when my partner was distracted and I decided, you know, we worked it out together and I decided to take, take him back or, or, you know, we're, we're, I'm, you know, we're, we're solid here. I could not throw the other distraction woman. I could not X her out and say, you are, you you are terrible, yet I stay with my partner. It's just, how could I do that? I couldn't get that in my mind. I had to forgive them both or forgive none because it, it, it may feel good at the time to uh, crash and burn the other, but in the long run, you're not making any sense. You either forgive both because they were both like, you know, they were both in it or you forgive both. You forgive yourself. You forgive what you need to, you let go of what you need to let go of. And then you start again and you learn what you can learn from the other person. Because they have something to teach you too. Because he wouldn't be distracted unless there was something to be distracted about. And what can I open? What? How can I flower that part in myself as well for me in my practice? Beautiful. And I think forgiveness is a big part of that for sure. For all. Yeah. Including yourself, including your partner and including the other. There's no, there's no one that, that is exempt from that. That's amazing. Yeah. I can tell there's been a lot of work on there. I just want to admire that with you guys. Like beautiful to witness. Um, what do you feel is, is new or like shifted over? I mean, obviously lots, but your relationship in 33 years, like I, I think well, it's kind of hard to predict the future, right? But I think that to some extent, especially within relationships, you can come at it with a space of like, wow, like we built this amazing space together. We built this amazing relationship together, but usually doesn't turn out how we think it's going to look. But I mean, what's the stage you're in now in terms of the relationship? Our kids are now young adults, 23 and 21. And so... That's made a huge difference for many years. That's the prime energy of us parenting. And now that they've, they're finding their own path and moving into their own worlds, that energy that was going into parenting has now come back into us. And so we've had a whole new invigoration of our passion. Suzanne's um, purpose and energy primarily being a, a, you know, a, a mom, which is one of the most sacred, I believe, jobs on the planet. Um, that, in a way, is, it's never fulfilled, but the main brunt of it is fulfilled right now at this stage of age. So her energy is now moving into what her mastery is, which is feminine leadership. And, you know, helping other women discover how to become a well-loved woman, you know, and helping leaders uh, awaken and galvanize and execute their feminine power, which is what's really needed on the planet. So that's how... It's flourished that her unique power in the world has grown. And now my uniqueness is also growing. She's supporting that. She's becoming more in a yin phase or yang phase, more predominant in life. I've been on the forefront in life a lot. So now I'm going a little bit more yin in my um, phase now. So I think for us, it's, it's the artistry of playing with the flows. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, if we go back again to the dancers, in the very beginning, we were just learning to dance together and we were stumbling. There were a lot of stumbling and um, falling down, but then getting back up again, getting back on the dance floor over and over again. And so now I feel like we've gotten to the place where we're really able to move together with even more um, smooth movement and more enjoyment than we had before 
and it's it's quite a divine dance that's occurring. I love that. I'm loving the analogies too. So yeah. on. Um, last question. I know that we mentioned in the beginning. I think before I started recording um, about how you know there's fantasies, fairy tale land, uh, and then you had mentioned that it does exist. You get to work it. I would love to expand on that because um, I'm just where I was coming from is seeing the happily ever after type stuff in Disney over and over again. Uh, the pursuit and what that looks like leading up to oh then you're married okay cool. <laughs> like the narrative is portrayed right and so uh, that's where it starts <laughs> exactly <laughs> and so I love that y'all brought that up. Um, could, let's expand a little bit more on that. Sure. We have a very specific dynamic that we practice with each other and we share with other couples and singles. And we call it the freedom and flow trying or the free. It's the way to ignite passion with each other. So imagine two triangles. I'm going to uh, show one masculine triangle like mountain. Okay. Going from the earth to the heavens, a mountain, three points to that mountain that make up the masculine energy or the energy of freedom cultivation. Presence, claim, penetration. Presence is I am absolutely here. So when I'm with Suzanne, rather than sort of half-assed be there, if I can't be there fully, I'll let her know. Honey, I'm sort of tired now or my head's in my work. I will then come and see you. And I will come when I can give you my full presence. Just sharing that I can't give my full presence. It's such an honorable act. But, and, but when you do bring your presence, you bring full presence as the masculine. Then to have that deepen, what do you claim? Well, I claim my woman as my own. I claim my integrity. I claim truth. What do you stand for? What do you not stand for? When that's strong in your system and you've asked that and you live in it, it strengthens your masculine energy and your transmission of integral masculine conscious energy. Presence, claim. The last part is penetration. Obviously, there's a sexual connotation, but spiritually, esoterically, it's feeling that I'm already inside and penetrated my wife. I've already penetrated reality, the universe. I'm not trying to get in anyone's pants. I'm already in her. So penetration is the feeling that my being, my soul, my essence is already living, breathing inside of you. So presence, claim, and penetration when you turn those dials on, you become irresistible to the feminine. Now, there's a counterpart to that. So the counterpart to that, if you imagine the, the triangle, is it, it's an upside down, the opposite direction. It's sort of shaped like the yoni, the feminine yoni. And From the heavens to the earth. From the heavens to the earth. And there's three parts to that. One part is, or one part of the, the triangle is invitation. So I'm going to describe each one from the fairy tale come true. So invitation. So for instance, in our life, we sleep in separate rooms most of the time. And what really? I uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want to have another question. I've said the last one, but <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, it's delicious. So we sleep in two separate rooms. And we get to connect as not only lifelong partners, but lovers, because it's not a have to, it's a desire to be together. So anyway, back to the, the, the fairy tale. So invitation is the first part of the feminine triangle. And if, if anyone was to see my room, I call it my queendom, because it is just, it's got all the <laughs> colors, textures, smell, sounds, all of it. And this is where I sleep. So this is where I wake up. And this is how I transform. And I come forth to meet my lover from that place of invitation. And from that place of well-rested, self-care, loving already myself, overflowing in that, I'm the bright invitation. I'm the radiant waking up to presence of my partner. So then that's invitation. So invitation works with presence. Yeah. And so they work, they work together, you know? So then the other part to this is surrender. 
Now, a lot of very powerful women, especially most women, most people, when they hear the word surrender, they think, oh, white flag of, you know, I'm giving in, I'm giving up who I am. Surrender, no. Surrender is about, for instance, when my partner says to me, I claim you, I, you know, wear red when you're coming out with me tonight. If you notice, ah, (laughs) relaxed into that. I receive that. Surrender is letting go into pleasure. It's allowing yourself to say, yes, I do receive. I, 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 I I'll follow you. <laughs> I, I will follow that part in you that I know to be honorable, that part in you that is integral, that part in you that loves me even more than I can even know myself. I say yes to that from my strength as a powerful woman, which is all of us. So that's surrender. And that surrender inspires his claim, saying, yes, I will take you, my beloved. So the last part of this is, um, on the triangle, is expression. So expression is, whoo, yeah, it's the, it's the flowery response to the entry of love. It's the flowery yes or the wild no or the whatever that is. It is a response, which is actually a gift to your partner. Because if your partner is penetrating, entering the space, there is a direction that they're going. And you working as that beloved partner beside saying, yes, let's go this way. No, no, no. We turn, you know, you're not saying what to do. You're expressing your inner truth through sound, through movement, through all that you can be. And so that is the gifting of the feminine. And that's how we keep the fairy tale. I love that so much. So in summary, the more pleasant I am, the more it evokes her invitation. The more inviting she is, the more it evokes my presence. The more I am in my claim, the more it evokes her surrender. The more she goes into her surrender, the more it evokes my claim. The more I'm there with conscious, integral penetration of presence and direction and mission in life, the more she responds with the expression of the joy or the or the or being my barometer of a, alignment will go mm, uh, uh, and I can then use that to help navigate uh, my experience of reality. Working together, we lift each other, we arise together, and we keep passion alive for a lifetime doing that. I love this so much. So one last question of the last question, which was y'all sleep in separate rooms. I've heard of this before. I know a few couples that do it but I haven't ever had the chance to ask why and what's the intention behind it. Um, if you guys would love to share and, and the benefits of it too, because I know you're doing it for a reason. It's so good. It is so good <laughs> to your diet. I tell you it's it. When we realized, well, we realized early on, as I said before, that we wanted to do things differently, take the good and create the best. And so You know, we're laying together, we're in bed, we're enjoying, we're loving each other. But yet, there's this feeling of there's more. What is that more that we can have together? How can we be more together? I don't know. When was it um, started? At least two decades. At least maybe two decades. Don't remember where it starts, but I'll tell you. You feel, if you're listening to this and you feel like, that it's almost getting to a stale point or stagnancy or stagnancy flat. Or flat. Yeah. When you're together, you're loving each other. You're holding each other, but the passion could be more Then it's because you're burning out your energies together. You're burning out. You're with each other too much. If you take two magnets, let's say this is North, that's South. And you take two magnets, stick them together. Just by sticking them together for a while, they'll depolarize. The magnetism will weaken because of the proximity. Wow. Just because of it. So there might be nothing wrong in your relationship. It'll just go flatter just because you're with each other too long. Period. And so if you depersonalize and thinking there's nothing wrong with me or something wrong with them. Do they like me, not like me? Do they find me hot anymore? That's all the mind shit. You don't need any of that. All What you need to do is repolarize. So when you come together and sleeping together or hanging out with each other too long, you're depolarizing. 
You might have a deeper heart connection, but the sexual arc of attraction will diminish. So my room is very masculine, stark. I have a very simple bed, hard as heck. I've got, I have my altar with my spiritual ornaments on it, and that's it. It's a white room. <laughs> yep. It's, it, it, I've got, I, I bought my first bed just a few weeks ago after 30 years of no bed. I just slept on a futon on the floor. Oh, wow. Literally zen, pure yeah. zen. Okay? Minimalist. Yeah. Why? Because that replenishes my masculine essence, my connection with with uh, the emptiness, the, the non-dual nature of reality. Okay. She and that's is- so sexy. When he's he- <laughs> yeah, I'm like, cool. <laughs> so when I go in my room, I'm in that space. And now when I leave her and I go to bed at night, beloved, enjoy your rest. It's a play. I'll see you in the morning. I can't wait till you come and visit me in the morning. Now I get to, I'm a tall man. I get to stretch out. I don't have to bump into her. She doesn't have to bump into me. I don't have to snore and slobber all over her and vice versa. Right? Vice versa. So when she sees me in the morning, it's fresh alive. She's bathed. She's done her yoga. When I see her, I'm alive. I'm fresh. I've meditated. I'm clear. I'm bathed. Now we get to approach each other in the morning as lovers, not as buddies. Fresh, fresh, like the first time you, you've been together. You know, if people think, oh, when I was together, when we met in the first time, why not recreate that all the time, every single night, every single day, you know? And, and when I go in the evening, so that's the morning, in the evening, you know, when he, he may come to my room. She might invite me to her room, which is like, <laughs> yeah. It's not normal. It's not just, oh, okay, I'm going in your room. And it's oh, not right. just the <laughs> created. So, oh, I'm inviting a very special, beloved guest into my queendom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And receiving him like that and being that in that space. It's just continuous feeding feeding the the fire of passion. The passion. That's amazing. Yeah. I love this so much. Thank you all so much for your time. I know we do have to, to run here in a bit, just keeping it on track. But um, this has been an amazing conversation. Just thank you for sharing your presence, your wisdom, uh, being here. I really, really appreciate it. And it's just so beautiful to witness 33 years in right now. And it's amazing. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you, everyone who's listening. And hopefully some of this will touch your lives Remember to ignite passion now. Live freedom and body love. You know, everything else can wait. <laughs> so true. Thank you, guys. All right.